I want to ask if uh, Pastor Deanna would come and share the word with us today. Well, thank you guys. I feel so honored to share with you something that the Lord has been speaking into my heart for quite some time, but it was more prominent at the beginning of this year. But first, before I go into the message and to details and everything, I want to share with you a little bit of how uh, our beach vacation, our family vacation uh, was. Like two weeks ago, we went on a family beach vacation. And, um, and to, to my surprise, you know, it was a wonderful time to rest. However, do, uh, to the journey that it took from here to the beach was quite interesting. So uh, Lucas is not the, the, the baby uh, that loves to be in the car seat. He does not enjoy to be buckled up. He gets antsy, fussy. And as a matter of fact, I actually, he doesn't like, it doesn't matter if I go to Walgreens, it doesn't matter if I go to Walmart, he just doesn't like the car seat at all. So can you imagine five and a half hours with him and he wanted this specific song from Planet Shakers to be like going on and on and on and on and like I want that one and he really made sure that we know that he wanted that one so you know Julian and I are trying to keep our sanity you know because you know it's not good when you lose uh, your sanity with kids really you can become a murderer you know <laughs> just kidding that doesn't happen to us. Anyways, in the other hand, uh, Sophia, she has learned, she has been learning about uh, time. And she's kind of like understanding uh, time frames and minutes and hours. And so she was like, are we closer now? Are we closer than before? How many minutes are we going? Uh, how many minutes are left? And I was like, okay. Okay, Jesus, help me. Take the wheel, you know, because it, it was, we just needed, you know, the grace of God. Anyway, so I tell you this story because it leads me to the point and the message of today, which is the journey to the cross. You know, and this was something that the Lord spoke to me, like I said, at the beginning of the year. Uh, I, I've had a revelation of the cross, but I think the Lord is smarter than me. Well, I know. And he thought that it was necessary for me to have a fresh new revelation of the cross and of this journey because what, what was coming ahead, it only needed that fresh revelation for me to take me to the, my destination. Okay. So a couple of months ago, I, uh, we were looking into Netflix or I think, yeah, it was Netflix on, uh, I was looking into, uh, the documentaries and I came across Billy Graham's documentary and it caught my attention that the person, the people that he was being, uh, that, that they, you know, interview, people that were acquainted with him, family members, people that he did a crusade with, people in ministry, they all had the same message. They said he never deviated from the message. Yeah. 
It didn't matter where or who he was with. It doesn't matter if he was with a very powerful person. It didn't matter if he was with a not very powerful person. He never deviated or shy away from the genuine, pure gospel. And that's why he was known as the pastor of America. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. And, you know, he has a legacy to this day, you know, and he's, he's dead, but his legacy is very strong still, you know. So that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you need a revelation of my cross from now on, a new one, so I can show you more. So this leads me to my message today and it's the journey of the cross from the standpoint and from the perspective of Jesus in the form of a man and then in the form of God. Because the Bible says that Jesus came into human form like you and I. He experienced many things that you and I are currently or have experienced. But what made the difference for him during this journey? So I want to take you to Isaiah 53. I'm going to read all chapter, all the chapter 53. But I'm going to focus as I go with my message on verses 1 through 4. So let's go ahead and, and look at the screen. I'm going to go ahead and, and read all the chapter. Who has believed, trusted in, relied upon, and clung to our message of that which was revealed to us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? For the servant of God, speaking of Jesus, grew up before him like a tender plant and like a root of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, royal kingly pomp that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly consider him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The justicement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are are healed and made whole all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has made to light upon him the guilt and iniquities of us all he was oppressed yet when he was afflicted he was submissive and opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and as a sheep uh, Shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, among them consider that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken to his death for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. And they assigned him a grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. He was put in his 
he has put him to grief and made him sick. When you and he make his life an offering for sin and he was risen from the dead in time to come, he shall see his spiritual offspring. He shall prolong his days and the, and the will and pleasure of the Lord shall prosper him prosper in his hand he shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge of himself which he possesses and imparts to others uncompromisingly righteous one my servant justify many and make many righteous upright and in right standing with God for he shall bear all the iniquities and their guilt with the consequences says the Lord therefore will I divide him a portion with the great kings and rulers and he shall divide the spoil with the mighty because he poured out his life unto death and he let himself be regarded as a criminal and be numbered with the transgressors yet he bore and took away the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors the rebellious you know um, this is the gospel and this is very powerful when we have a revelation. You cannot have my revelation. You need a revelation that comes from being in the presence of God of how powerful the cross is. So I'm going to take you to my first point. Um, and you know, at the beginning, I shared with you our journey to our trip to the beach. But have you ever stopped to think how was the journey that Jesus took towards the cross. We often think about Jesus and, and we see him as uh, uh, being resurrected, but we never stop to think, how was this journey for him as a man, as a man form? How was this journey? What did he experience? You know, we, we never stop to think that way. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's necessary for us to think, to really gear our focus on that so we can understand and have a heart revelation that when you go through pain and suffering and hardship Jesus himself is there with you yes. you know and so I want to focus it says uh, Isaiah 52 53 2 if you can it says for the servant of God grew up before him like a tender plant and like a root out of dry ground he has no form or, or comeliness royal kingly pomp that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him he was despised and rejected and forsaken by man a man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness and like one from whom men hide their faces he was despised and we did not appreciate his worth or have any seen for him you know, so if you think about Jesus in the form of a man, Jesus was born from a virgin. And he was here on this earth. And he, he was born in a stable. So what is, if you think about what is a stable, a stable is a place that you are exposed to. You become vulnerable. He was vulnerable. Jesus was vulnerable. He was not rich. He was not this charismatic, good-looking guy that was going around Bethlehem sharing the gospel. He was not that. There was nothing that will attract you to Jesus in that sense. However, the Bible says in Isaiah that he was like a tender plant. And if you think, how many people like gardening here? Okay, she was very excited in the back. Okay, I love gardening. And when I plant seeds, 
There is something, if you, if you a, a tender shoot is very weak. It's very weak. A tender shoot is very weak. Now, the Bible says that Jesus was like a tender plant. However, it also says that he grew up in the presence of God. That means that in his physical, he was weak, yet he was strong in his spirit because he was growing in the presence of God. So in the human form, Jesus was vulnerable. Jesus was stricken. He experienced sickness. He experienced death. He experienced, he was exposed to political system. He was exposed to the rich and to the poor. I don't know if you're getting this. This is necessary because sometimes we say, Jesus is my healer, but we do not understand it. And in order for you to be healed, Jesus became sickness. He became a sickness. He became a curse. He was hung on a tree. So why, uh, it's like, Jesus help me. How, why, why is this important? Because we are humans. Because there is a humanity in me. Because Jesus needed to come in the form of a man to become a servant. So when he becomes resurrected, there was life. So when you come to this earth, so when you experience the trials and the tribulations and the death, even the death. What is the supernatural power of God? It is when he resurrected from the dead. That is what's resurrecting in you. And so... I also want to keep on talking about his, his humanity, Jesus in the form of a man. It says that uh, he bore our griefs. How many of us have grieved or are grieving? He carried our sorrows and pains, and it's in plural, sorrows and pains. He was a man that was acquainted with sorrows and pains. And that's very important to me because the, earlier this year, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And I have walked with, uh, I have walked through dark valleys. And I, ha and, and I have experienced the goodness of God through dark valleys. But when I went through that valley and then when we went through uh, Miss Letty's uh, situation with her health, I felt... That I needed to know Jesus in another way because I literally felt the power of hell in my life. And I needed to see the power of resurrection in my life. So it is very hard. It is very easy to say Jesus is your healer. But when you are being stricken by the sickness itself... When you are being smitten by the devil himself, because the devil is real, but Jesus is alive. The devil is real, and he's not playing games, but Jesus is alive. And that's why you and I need the power of the resurrection in our lives. And that's why the cross needs to become so real. You need to see the cross. So when you see your trials, you know, you clean your tears, you come up and you say, I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to follow him regarding of where I'm going through right now. It requires, it requires the 
resurrection power. Let me tell you something. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on this point before I move towards the second point. You know, it caught my attention that says that Jesus didn't have any royal kingly pomp. He was not majestic. Nothing was attractive about him. doesn't say that he was ugly. He said that it, there was nothing attractive about him. And as I was thinking about this and meditating on it, how many times as the church of God, we want to present this Jesus, this gospel, all cosmetically altered, pruned up, beautifully looking, so that when people come to our church, they are not offended. And so, do, and yet we think that as we present this cosmetically altered, watered down, half gospel, we expect people to be free and delivered and healed and convicted of sin. Oh no, that's not going to happen. People are going to go straight to hell, from church to hell. So I need a revelation of the cross. <laughs> She's excited. <laughs> you know, we need a revelation of the cross. Jesus did not water his journey towards the cross down. Jesus did not uh, uh, shame himself in the garden of Gethsemane. And he was like, oh, it's good. I'm a little bit stressed, but you know, we're going to go through. No, no, read the gospels. It says that he was in so much distress, in so much distress. But he said, may your will be done and not mine. So it is time for the church of God to become powerful. It is time for the church of God to take authority. It is time for the church of God to not be messing up with sin. It is time for the church of God to rise above and the natural and the, and the normal should be healings, deliverance, and supernatural provisions. That should be your day to day. That shouldn't be once a month. But it all starts with me. So I need a revelation of the cross. Because I can water down the gospel. You know? And God forbid that I water down his gospel. Because one day, you and I are going to be face to face with the Savior. And he's going to ask accounts of what you and I have been doing. That's why I tell you, the devil is real, but he is alive. God is alive. And he's good. Some of us don't know the goodness of God. And the reason why I share this is because I want you to understand the heart of Jesus. The heart of Jesus. He's walking with you in that valley. It's not okay. It's not okay that we come to church year after year and suffer in anxiety and depression and be succumbing into sin, succumbing into, the, into what the, the, the power of the enemy does. It's not okay, church. It's not okay. It's not okay. The heart of God, I want to tell you something. And maybe this is for someone the heart of God is, it's never in the heart of God to send you this disease. He's not like that. He's not an evil God. 
It's not the plan of God that you are suffering anxiety. It's not the plan of God. It's not his heart. I don't care. Many people might have another theological thing or whatever. But the God I know, the God that has gone with me through the darkest valley, he's not that God. He's not a God that is destroyed or that you can play games with. He's not a God that is like a credit card. He's not a God that one day he heals you and then the other day he doesn't heal you. He's a God that never changes. He's a God that is truth. He's a God that convicts you and takes you out of sin and puts you into royal places. He's a God that has called you child. He's a God that will heal you, will take you out of the pit of hell and put you above so that those that did not think that you were able to come out will be ashamed of the gospel so it's about time that we get this revelation of the cross and I need to be with him in order to get it because what happened the revelation that you had in the past season is not going to be worth it when you go through the next season it's not going to be, you know, you need, because, and you know why? Because Jesus wants you to grow. Yeah. Jesus wants you to experience the fullness of his life. And so as, as we look into Jesus in the form of a man, being exposed, you know, think about it. Uh, the Bible says in Luke that when he was at eight days old of being born, he was taken to the temple and they circumcised him. And then they said that when he was age 12, his parents were going on the road and they forgot about Jesus. They thought that he was amongst the crowd. I'm not going to ask how many parents have done that, but okay. You know, so, and then they go back to the temple and they found Jesus at age 12, sitting, asking questions and answering questions to the religious leaders at age 12. So, you know, he, he was a kid. He was a baby. He was a, a, a young, I would say, you know, 33. He was good, you know, young, pretty young. I consider myself young still, you know. So, do you think for Jesus... As he was taking the journey towards the cross, do you think he thought, oh man, what an attractive journey. I actually want to pick up the cross. Oh, this is fantastic. No. As a matter of fact, this journey, the Bible says, it says, pick up your cross and follow me. This journey is not attractive. And you know why it's not attractive? Because there's a lot of trials that we go through because when you meet Jesus and you have an encounter with Jesus he never said that your life will go, was going to be all roses and beautiful gardens no he says as a matter of fact you will have a lot of trials so pick up your cross and follow me and we're taking this journey this journey is not majestic why is not majestic? Because the gospel that's being preached in Africa, in the Amazon, and in other tribes, do you think that's majestic for those missionaries? 
It's not majestic. This journey, as a matter of fact, picking up the cross and following Jesus crushes you many times. Takes your breath away many times. Also, sometimes you want to quit this journey. This journey brings tears. This journey is hard. Oh, but it's good. Because let me tell you something. You and I will have trials. You and I will face death. But we will face eternity one day. And so this journey is not something that will promise you even, even richness. Even though God speaks about he wants to prosper you. You know, sometimes we think that carrying this cross is, oh, it's going to be great and awesome. And a week later, we're just down in the dump again. And I'm going to tell you something. This is something the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It says, some of us have not counted the cost of picking up the cross and following Jesus. Because some of us like to have contracts with Jesus. And little, uh, little fine print with Jesus. Oh, I'm going to serve you, but you know, I have my dreams and my desires and I want to be this and that. Okay, okay, well, you can serve God all you want like that. You're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> Period. Because this journey will require for you to put things in the altar and say are you here with me yes are you here with me yes are you here with me yes if you go here yes if you go here yes and yes and yes and I'm gonna worship God regardless if I conquer my dreams and if I fulfill my calling I'm gonna stand before the Lord and I'm gonna preach this gospel because something was alive in me something is alive in me have I wanted to quit yes I have wanted to quit but you know what one day I made a commitment with my savior and I said it doesn't matter what happens I will serve you with zeal and passion and I'm gonna be whatever you ask of me and there's a lot of sacrifices so this journey even for Jesus wasn't something that it was delighted however the Bible says that he did exactly everything that his father told him to do absolutely everything he didn't speak a word out of being uh, not submissive to his father so why again the question is why is it important for us to see Jesus in the form of a man because you and I when we encounter Jesus there is a certain point where your humanity you have done absolutely everything in your human nature so you need the power of the resurrection to take you to the next you need the power of the resurrection so that leads me to my second point. Actually, before I go to the second point, if you think about the journey, every journey has a destination. Every journey has a destination. And as I was pondering and meditating on the word of God, I said, well, of course, you know, the destination was the resurrection. That's what I thought. And Jesus said, no. Remember in the human form, the destination was the grave. 
the destination of Jesus in the human form was the grave. And I said, oh no, I said, Jesus, this is wrong. Maybe I have like wrong theology. And the Holy Spirit said, yes, remember you are speaking about me as a man in this earth. So what is the end of life is a grave. So the destination of Jesus in the form of a man, he had done everything his father has asked him to do. He had experienced absolutely everything, every emotion, every feeling, physical ache, everything. So the destination was the grave. Humanly speaking, for everyone around Jesus, he was dead. He had kicked the bucket really hard and he was far gone. He was just dead. As a matter of fact, because if you think about it, if his fellow disciples and the two women that went to the tomb knew that Jesus was being resurrected, they would have never been to the tomb. They would have never gone to the tomb. They would have been praising Jesus in the house. If you think about it. So humanly speaking, that was it. They were grieving. Humanly speaking, the grave, it's gone. He's gone. What are we going to do? Jesus, what are we going to do? And they were talking about him. But say with me, but God. Come on, church, but God. Because I feel in my heart that you need a but God moment. But God. And that's what I'm going to read. And, and this just like blew my mind so much that when I had this revelation it was like so powerful it was so powerful in my life that I said there's not gonna be a day that I'm not gonna speak about this gospel it says Isaiah 53 1 who has believed Trusted in, relied upon, and clung to our message of that which was revealed to us. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? To me. It was to me. I don't know what kind of grave you are in right now. You might be in the grave of poverty you might be in the grave of divorce you might be in the grave of sin you are literally dead you have done everything humanly possible to do everything but to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed to whom why are you clinging who are you clinging to this message it's to you it's to you this gospel is to you that's why I need a revelation of the cross that's why because when humanly speaking Jesus was dead the arm of the Lord had been disclosed and he was resurrected he was resurrected and I don't know what kind of dead things in your life you have right now it could be because of sin it could be physical illness it could be mental illness it could be your family I don't know what kind of grave so you need a supernatural arm of the Lord to be disclosed to you and when it's this close to you, who are you going to believe? Can, you, can we put that, that verse again? Verse 1. Who has believed? Yes. Trusted in. Relied upon. And clung to our message of that which was revealed to us. 
who? You know, it's not okay that the church has no power. It's not okay that our small groups, people are not being saved in our small groups. In general, I'm not talking about the church. In general, the church, you know. It's not okay that our children are not experienced the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. It's not okay. It is not okay that our country is suffering the way it is. It is not okay that we come to church and we pretend everything is good and we sing hallelujah and praise to Jesus and our marriage is falling apart. And our life is falling apart. And our youth is falling apart. And our finances are falling apart. We need the arm of God to be disclosed to us to resurrect everything in our life. We are the living gospel of Jesus. We are the living gospel of Jesus. It is not okay that divorce is at high, high rates in the church. In the church. It is not okay that pastors and leaders are falling into sin. It is not okay to do that. It is not okay. It's about time the church and you and I is the church. Not this. You and I are the church. It's about time we rise up. And we walk and we take the cross and we follow Jesus. And we rise up and we walk and we take the cross and we follow Jesus. And every day I pick up my cross and I follow Jesus. And every day I pick up my cross and I say, I'm going to face the devil today. And when I step out of my bed, the devil should tremble because of you. The devil should be afraid. The devil says, oh, here it comes. I'm going to, my knees are locking. I don't know. But one day whenever we went through the situation with Lucas some of you know the the, the story some of you don't but they, Lucas was gonna be born with a genetic disorder period it was like given it was not okay it was a deep valley for us but God had another plan and I had to cling from that and I had to cling to the cross you know and it was very hard. It was, it's like you feel that you're going through the deep waters and there is no breath. And I said, I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow him regardless of what happens. And when my dad had, was diagnosed with cancer, I was with him the first session with the doctor. It was like a pile of ice water in my head. And you know, I was like, what did, what did it, ha what, what happened? What happened? I never doubted the goodness of God. But I remember in that car, I said, what if my dad has cancer and because they told us well we'll never know if if the cancer has spread or not until we go in and I remember one night and I said well what if what if he has this cancer has spread and he's and, and God spoke to me and said I'm still God I'm still and so he even said and so what and so what 
And that's when I knew. I knew that I was in for a big ride, but I was in for a glorious ride. Because the, the miracle that happened in my heart in this revelation wouldn't have come if I wouldn't have gone through that. You know, and then when uh, Letty went through the through the hard situation, I was like, the devil is really mad. Well, I'm going to make him mad, more mad. And I told the Lord, I said, I'm going to wake up every morning and he will have to shake. He will have to go away. I will submit to you and he will flee from me. And I started to declare the victory. And you know what? I went through depression, yes. And I am not ashamed to say that in front of you guys. Because one who has this closest arm towards me took me out of that. So it's not okay that you keep on being in depression. It's not okay that you are sedating yourself with medication it's not okay because the arm of the Lord is so powerful and the resurrection the power of the resurrection that same power that resurrected Jesus is in you so why not cling to this message that we have been disclosed and you know what I am going to see many victories and you know why I keep saying yes and picking up my cross every day? Because I have two children that I owe a good legacy to them. I owe a legacy that is supernatural. And I have family members that do not know Christ. So I don't have time to be messing up with sin. Jesus went to the cross and he didn't go through this journey for you and I to be bound up in problems, bound up to sin, you know, messing around with sin and the disgusting devil that he is. It's about time that we recognize and not sabotage the cross. God, the cross is not broken, is not powerless. So pick up your cross, church. Pick up your cross. And follow him and say yes and again and again. Someone give him praise today because someone, someone, I know, I know Jesus. Jesus is good. Jesus is good. He has been going through what you are going through. As a matter of fact, he's beside you. He is right beside you picking up your tears. Understanding your distresses. And when you feel weak and your knees are down in the ground, guess who's picking you up? The gospel of Jesus. He's a good father. He's a good, good father. I don't know how many tears you have shed. I don't know what you're going through right now. Maybe you are in sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And it's time that we repent. It's time that we come to Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship team if they can come. It's a little bit early, but I want to give time for ministry time because Jesus is in this place. Jesus is in this place and when you are faced with fear maybe you are facing fear 
straight in the eye. Maybe you are facing the devil itself in the eye. But guess who is with you? Jesus. Jesus is a good father. And we cannot disregard that humanity that he took, the form of the humanity that he took when he came to this earth. Because that's what makes you and I powerful in the sense that if he came in the human form, he was able to live a holy life. He never sinned even though he acquainted himself with sinners. He never succumbed. He never went down. He never shamed us. He was never shamed, ashamed of the gospel. That's what makes Jesus powerful and gives you the right that we can do this life with him. That we can get out of sin. That we can live holy. Not perfect. I didn't say perfect. I said holy. He's a good father. Jesus wants to meet you today. He wants to give you a new revelation of the cross. So you can keep on walking this journey. So you can live a supernatural life. So that could be your norm. Why don't we go ahead and just stand? I'm going to open the altar.